Bobby T and Julio G He likes the Pats, I like the Jets Hoping we can win some bets To Bay and Sports, we have a blast Running fast like we in the flats Yankees talk, we do it all Don't forget about basketball Hockey to begin the brawl Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of GNT Sports Talk. I know we haven't recorded anything in a little bit, but now we're getting back to it. We're going to get to everything we have missed in the past couple of weeks, especially the past couple of days. There's been a lot of stuff going around in baseball and especially in football. So as always, I'm Bobby Thompson. I'm Julian Gallardi and you see we added to our gallery of pictures and we posted up with Le'Veon Bell last weekend. I was lucky enough to be able to talk to him, and it was a real great experience. Then we went to green and white, but back to Le'Veon, we asked him how he's working with the new line. He said everything's good to go. He's just waiting for week one, and he's excited to go. He also said that he loves being with the Jets, and he's just ready to go. Like I said, I mean, Bell is bought into this team. They're ready. They're excited. He won't play in the preseason, which is news that dropped yesterday, and it's not surprising to me. It was always going to be skeptical if he was going to play. It was never really known that he would play, so I always had my doubts, and Gase confirms it the other day. It's also to note, on Saturday, we'll be at Jet Saints. I'm going to try to get some more looks at some players before the game, potentially. Get some videos of the game. We'll be in the second deck for the game, so we'll see what we can do. But what's noteworthy is that the starters are going to play a half for the Jets and maybe play one series into the third quarter. And there's been so much fun stuff from training camp, so many things that have happened. I was also in Philly last week, when, which I want to get to in a second, but I started with football, so I guess we'll just do our little football, then we'll try to bounce through a little bit. So, what are you looking for when we go to see Jet Saints? And what impressions have you seen from all the practices and scrimmage that we went to? We've gone to three practices now for the Jets. What's some stuff that stood out to you? And like I said, what do you want? To, what are you looking for on Saturday? I'm looking forward to see how the offense is still going to keep playing. Um, what I've seen in three practices is it's very up tempo. They're doing a lot of no huddle, a lot of two back sets. With Bell and Ty Montgomery, they are the one thing that they are doing that they didn't do last year is they're putting Robbie Anderson all over the place. They're expanding his route trees, not just running down the field using his speed. They're using him all different kinds of routes. It's working out. And the one thing that's going to really help this team out is Jamison Crowder. This guy has been a terror to watch in camp. The cornerbacks for the Jets, yes, I will say this, that is a complete weakness. And I'll get to that in a second, but that he is torching that defense. They cannot cover him. Every time they do goal line, he's get, they're doing these quick passes to him. So the one thing I want to look for for that is see how they respond, see how Sam keeps it up. Um, also, due to Le'Veon Bell not playing, I want to see how the running backs do. See what they're gonna see if they're gonna keep doing that two back set in there with Montgomery, maybe uh, Powell or Cannon or something like that. Uh, however, uh, I'm going to 
transition to the defensive side. As you guys know, the Jets lost Avery Williamson for the year to a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Was in there a little bit too late in the game. Head coach Todd Gase did say he regrets that. Um, that's a big loss for the defense, but, you know, you signed one of the best linebackers in the league, C.J. Mosley, you know, you're, you're in good shape, so at least he's there to help out. I want to see how, you know, I want to see Quinnen, see what he could still do. I'm liking what I see from the kid. I love his personality. Uh, I, I also want to see something with the corners. I want to see if Tremaine Johnson maybe is going to get, you know, we got to see what's going on with him. But the, the it's a complete weakness for the Jets is the, the secondary. And I'm not talking about the safeties. The safeties are, mm-hmm. are, are fine. It's the corners. D- Dow Roberts, as your number one right now, is not going to cut it. Uh, Tremaine Johnson really has to play better than he did last year. $72 million over five years, and in his first year, it's just unacceptable the way he played last year. He's really got to pick it up. Uh, you know what? I also do want to see how Greg Williams is going to – what he's really all about. I, I like – what, as you know, we don't really need to get into it that much. We, saw, we said it already. We got a little bit of an interview with him. A few weeks ago, told us he liked the transition. So I will tell you this: I do see the Jets' defense really energetic. They're getting after the quarterback. They, they, a lot of fans are saying they don't have a pass rush. You know what? I'm seeing a lot from the guy they drafted, Polite, whatever his last name is. I yeah. forgot his first name. Uh, I'm seeing a lot from Henry Anderson out of nowhere. This guy uh, came on last year with the Jets. He's very, very serviceable this year. He's he's really a big part of the defensive line. Uh, one thing I want to see is also how Leonard Williams plays because, as you know, from Jets fans, I know you said this as well, that he's been a bit underplaying. You know, you guys want to see a little bit more from him. I do as well, especially since he's a free agent, and I hope he could end up with me. So um, I will say on Sunday I'm really looking forward to seeing if they keep the up-tempo against the Saints. You know, the Saints' defense is underrated. We don't know how long their starters are going to play for. But I do want to see how the back. I, I will say this: the Jets' second string is not bad. They're really not both defense and offense. Their second string team is not bad. I've been to three practices and I've seen it all, and they're pretty good. Uh, Simeon, well, <laughs> you got <laughs> Falk, Davis, Davis, Webb. Um, other than that, I, I'm really much. You know, I'm happy to get football back. Let's just put it that way. So. I'll ask you, Jules, what you th- what on Saturday you would like to see as we're getting closer to the regular season. Well, there's a lot of things that I'm looking to see out there, and there are some updates I'd like to provide as well. Osemwee's not going to be playing. Brandon Shell's not going to be playing. Brian Winters is not going to be playing. Jermaine Johnson will not be playing, and... Cronin Brown will not be playing either, I don't think. Well, he's not practicing, so I don't know what that story is like. But the thing is, like you said, the secondary is a huge problem. But even worse than that is the kicking game. What are we going to do with the kicking spot? Jets fans, we need to be worried about this. Is there a chance that someone can get caught and we end up signing them? Yes, of course. Will we get some leftovers in the kicking competitions? I would guess, but... Right now, I don't think the roster is on week one. Taylor Burlett's not really doing it for me. He hasn't really proven much. He's missed a lot of kicks and games. He's missed two. I believe he was he missed again when we were at the scrimmage. I mean, 
The Jets kicker has been awful. Catanzaro was a joke. Retired. He was so bad. So I'd want to see if Barua, I guess, can figure it out because that's the only choice we have right now until we get someone else in here. Also, um, Brontez Miles is starting to make an impression on this Jets staff, and they're talking about doing some three safety looks to potentially disguise the corner issues. And Marcus May was fully healthy and practicing. That's a big step for this team, and he will be out there on Saturday. Also, Khalil will be out there on Saturday for the first time in a real game. That's very noteworthy. He's got to get in rhythm. He even admitted that he wasn't quite up to pace yet, so the Jets got to speed him up by week one. There's some people saying he shouldn't play, but I think that's nonsense. I think he's got to get in it. they got to get used to him a little bit. Although, the only thing is that he won't be with some linemen. Le'Veon Bell won't be out there either, but... Regardless, this guy's got to get game work. He's got to get into shape. So, I can't wait to see him out there. He snapped one over Darnold Ted when we were there, whatever. I mean, he hasn't played in that one a little bit. So, stuff like that's going to happen. I also think that the wide receiver room is a very interesting story. I'm actually surprised by this. The Jets came very close to signing your buddy Edmund, who was just released. Yeah, um, we... Dontrell Inman was in for a visit with you guys. Uh, he also visited the Lions. I'm not surprised about that. Um, but, yeah, your receiver room, I'm, I, I like what you guys have done there. I think that Robbie Anderson – I'll say this. I think Robbie Anderson is very underrated. Quincy Anunwa, if that guy could stay healthy, he's a threat. You saw what he did a few years ago. He's a freak athlete. Um, he makes catches – congested the other day we were at the scrimmage he made a uh, catch and he's literally holding the ball out while some like literally trying to like toy yeah, with the corner i saw like two plays like that that really stood out to me and he really made some contested grabs i was gonna say that too so that's some good work jameson crowder like you said has been a huge difference he's been hitting them all camp he had that huge run in for the touch he had that huge play down the field and he had the touchdown right by us Crowder's been getting in the work with the Jets. Darnold seems to love Crowder in the slot. I was saying this, I may even said the last podcast. I think you're going to see that Crowder's going to be that dude that you're looking for to get the first down a lot this year. I can see him being that move the chains type guy. And it really gets me excited because I like what I see. It's just we got to make sure he stays healthy. That's his one bugaboo, I'll say. He battles through a lot of injuries. He actually hasn't missed as many games as you would think, but he has played injured in a lot of games. Yeah, he <clears throat> the injury bug really gets to him, but he is a tough guy. He's a really great talent. You will got you will use him as the chain mover. He's that slot guy, the shifty little guy. Third and five, you need a quick throw, you throw it to him, he get you need five yards, he gets you eight. So that's one thing to be looking forward to. I think that was a tr- underrated signing this offseason by you guys. He has proven that he could be a, a really good weapon for you guys, not only in the red zone, but in short yardage, which is what you want. Um, yeah, it's everything that you guys have done, and I'm a realist. I'm going to say what I feel. I, th- I think you guys have really made strides. I really don't like what I see personally because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see the competition, it's but a you know, culture shock. yes, but <laughs> I will. Say. I will say that I'm very impressed with what you guys have done. Adam Gase has come in here. I know a lot of Jets fans at first weren't really key on him. I have, some, yeah, I agree. I'll say something about Gase. I like how he handled the Avery Williamson situation, took accountability for it. 
and I like that he learned from it and like 100% said Bell isn't playing. I actually do, I've warmed up to Gase a lot, honestly. I, at first, look, I wasn't into it really, but maybe he's that guy, the quarterback whisperer that Sam Darnold needs. A lot of people, Colin Coward and um, maybe Doug Gottlieb, someone was saying, oh no, it's actually the guy on NFL Network, but whatever. They were saying they think that Darnold and Gase could be like that coach and quarterback tandem that just click. Like they could see them doing wonders this year, like golf and like, McVay, yeah, like Maggie, Trubisky, like you know, you you know what I'm talking about, obviously. Yeah, the next quarterback head coach tandem. Yeah, I know. I would. Know, I know all about that. <laughs> oh, you guys are like just set in stone. I was talking more like some new age stuff because like I'm tired of talking Patriots, but it's we're here and you know you guys got Josh Gordon back. Now you want to? Tra- all right, I guess we'll transition into that now. So I'll <laughs> yeah, I'll start you know. this off. Here we go. So on Friday, as I was in South Carolina, I get back to the hotel room and I get great news on my phone that the NFL had finally reinstated Josh Gordon. I love it. Um, he applied for a reinstatement, I believe, eight or days prior to getting reinstated. I'm pretty shocked, if you, to be honest with you. I thought um, Roger Goodell would really take his time with this because he was the deciding factor. He, it was his decision. Right. But it seems to me he really – he made a statement that I, I liked. He said, well, you know, I'm not looking to ban him. I really want him to succeed. So gave him another chance. You know, Josh Gordon, obviously, back on the team. I love it. He's I'm, – I'm happy for him as a person that he's he got help. I know this, that he signed a $2 million tender to stay with us. The one thing I will say in play of football is that he's never played a 16-game season in his career before due to suspensions mm-hmm. and all that stuff. But when the guy plays, the guy is an absolute freak of nature. He's really underrated. Back in 2013, oh, my God, that's how far, my God. The, the guy went like two or three consecutive games getting 200-plus yards and two TDs. The guy's an absolute stud. Um Getting back with that is right now the Patriots had to put him on the non in, non football injury list, and what that means is he really has to get up to speed. So he hasn't been with us. He hasn't had time to really train and get conditioned. So he's not going to really play in the uh, preseason. There's two games left. I mean, I wouldn't put him in anyway. No, but no, he no. will be ready week one. So you think it's for sure? Yeah. No. 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 He's ready it's for a, week. It's a hundred. It's uh, it's a hundred set in stone. He will be ready week oh, one. Okay. Um, well, that's good for you, bad for us. Yeah. I'm just going to say this on, on the talk of the Patriots. I'm really excited. We got Julian Edelman back to camp too, now. Yeah. We got Demarius Thomas off the PUP today. So the Patriots wide receiving room is getting healthier. Yo, you lost Inman, though. How oh are you gonna, yeah! How oh. are you gonna replace Inman, man? I I mean Inman. How could he even do that? Oh my God! Let me tell you, John, Dontrell Inman was the key to our success. He was gonna help us go to the promised land, get back to the Super Bowl, win the division, everything. And we got rid of him. Why, Belichick? Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, the one thing I will say is, on terms of the Patriots, I'm gonna say this. There's a guy I'm gonna talk about him a lot. There's this one guy. A lot of people are going to think I'm talking about Nikhil Harry. I am not. His name is Jacoby Myers. The guy has done nothing but succeed all camp. He gets open. He he doesn't run the fastest 40. He only runs a 4-6, but he, he does not drop the ball. He gets open. He beats coverage. He's aggressive. I like this. All I'm going to say to you guys is this. Before the season starts, you're hearing this from me. 
from a Patriots fan who's been watching this, who's watched these two games thoroughly, he will make the team and make an immediate impact. I'm just going to say that now. So with Nikhil Harry, everyone thinks it's going to be him, and I can't wait for him to go off. You know, I've been raving about him since we drafted him. Uh, He's been dealing with a few injuries, but I'm told that he's okay. So, you know, all I'm going to say is, Bill, please keep him out of the preseason, please. I don't need another Hmm. injury like what happened to Edelman. We don't need that, but I'm excited. I'm just going to say this. The AFC East has turned. It's not going to be as one-sided, I feel, unfortunately, anymore. He's up on us, Minus the Dolphins. I think <laughs> the Dolphins are in a transition year. I think that Brian Flores is a great coach. I think he's going to take that team to, to high places. Unfortunately, this year, I think he knows this. This is a rebuild year. It's not going to be competitive, in my opinion. No. It's going to be It's going to be Patriots, Jets, maybe the Bills. We'll see how they play. Shout out my boy Tommy Sweeney playing well, tight end for them. Um, however, it, all I'm just going to say is in terms of AFC East, uh, I what the Jets have done, they've really turned ahead to me. Like I'm actually somebody who watches other teams who the Patriots compete against, and I, I really don't like what I see from the Jets on terms of being a Patriots fan because they're going to be very good. <laughs> Very underrated, and I'm going to say this really early prediction: they will make the playoffs. I no, think so that there's our playoff preview. Yeah, you actually switched up on me. Oh. Remember, you said Jets want to make it a little a while back. So I'm going to what I've seen <laughs> the past couple of weeks is You're really. A believer now. I'm I'm a believer, but you know, I when I if I keep seeing this, you know, I, oh God, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah, it? so you touched on some good stuff there. Yeah, Tommy Sweeney and the Bills is um, a good storyline, especially for the area around here as he went to Don Bosco. Then Boston College, he's really taking a great opportunity, and he's taking advantage of it. He had two catches for almost 50 yards the other day. I saw the videos. They were pretty sweet. So, And it was with Josh Allen, too. It's crazy. Tommy Sweeney catching passes from Josh Allen. Yeah, man. It's, <laughs> it's really cool to see. You know, he's really worked hard. The tight end position for the Bills, you see how everybody was injured. The guy Dawson Knox was injured. The other two guys were injured. He stepped up and has really done well. And in my opinion, I think that they would be foolish not to have him at least playing games but make this roster. And if I find out that, you know, he doesn't make this roster, I, I'm going to uh, – you'll hear me go off on the Bills and Sean McDermott really hard. <laughs> I, yeah, that, I, don't, I, don't, I think he'll make it. He'll, he should. I would, I would be surprised if he gets cut. Hmm. And if he does, I'm pretty sure someone will pick him up quickly. Of course. But um, we'll see what happens with that. Dolphins, we got into quickly. Then we're, I want to switch to baseball after that briefly. But Dolphins, there is a debate. Since we're talking AFC East, we might as well finish the discussion. So – is Rosen or Fitzpatrick going to be under center week one? How long do you think this happens? If, if Fitz gets the snod, how long do you think he's in there before he probably and yet inevitably gets pulled? Well, I will say <laughs> the, the the job is going to be rewarded to Fitzmagic, of course, as it should. Over. Yeah, I think that he's really played. You know, I think he's really proven himself. I, Josh Rosen, I've heard conflicting reports from all over the place he's struggled he's done he's improved then after i see that he says he's improved i watch a game and he's throwing an interception so throwing interceptions left and right so um i'm gonna say this fitzpatrick's gonna start you're gonna see what he did i'm gonna tell you this i think he's gonna play well 
Like, remember last year when we were with Tampa, the first game, how yeah. we just lit it up against the Saints? Yeah. I think you're going to see that the first couple weeks. And then you're going to see that. The I cliff. Know, the cliff. The cliff. No, right. Not the Quadriots cliff that doesn't exist. Yeah. The real cliff that Fitzpatrick hits after every four games, it seems like. So, so, <laughs> so after week five, he's going to be on the top of the hill, and then he's just going to take a swan dive all the way down and hit rock bottom. And week six is that's where you're going to see Josh Rosen come in and try to do wonders for this team. I'm just going to say right now, uh, the Dolphins, um, <clears throat> their wide receiving core with Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills. They have a guy, Albert Wilson, who a lot of people forgot about. He was injured last year. Um, he's underrated. Yeah. But this team with the Dolphins, I, I – it's a rebuilding year. I, I I don't see them being very successful, no matter who they put in at Q, B. However, it is going to be challenging. I think that they <clears throat> can be dangerous on defense, especially because they have a great cornerback, Xavier Howard. Mm-hmm. So they have some players. Uh, here's some news too. I don't know if you heard this, but uh, Kiko Alonso might get cut. Oh, He's yeah. on the roster I bubble. I saw something saying that we might have interest in yep. if that happens. Maybe to replace Williamson. And to replace Williamson, it's actually another big thing I needed to see and talk about quickly. But Go ahead. Hewitt and Cashman are basically in the competition for who's going to take Williamson's reps. Cashman was a fifth-round pick from Minnesota. Hewitt we've had for a little bit. Hewitt's definitely in the lead right now to take that spot from Williamson. He's looked good. He's been aggressive. Cashman's looked good well, but he's still only a rookie fifth-round pick, so you have to temper expectations with him. Although I, there are a lot of things to like about him. I saw one jet drive. He's really driven and no pun intended, honestly. But he's very athletic. He makes plays, and he can cover people better than Williamson could have. That's the one thing that... Here's what I think happened with the Williamson situation. They were starting to phase him out because in this today's NFL, it's hard to play with two middle linebackers that can't really cover receivers. Right. So that's why it was starting to become problematic, and that's why they were looking to play him more with the second team a little bit, and that's unfortunately why he was left in so late into the second quarter because this injury happened with around 322 left until the half, which is pretty late for someone of his stature to be playing. Yeah, um, I agree. The that was the issue why he was in there. Unfortunately, he's a very great player towards ACL out for the year. Yeah, but that guy Cashman, as I, I watching him in camp, he's making plays. He's really turning heads for you guys. Um, back to the Kinzo, Kiko Alonso thing, real fast. I could see you guys if he gets cut. Definitely, you guys picking him up to fill the void for. Uh, Williamson, mm-hmm. and also the ties he's had with Gase. Yes, so yes. I think it makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah, I would be in favor for it, but we have more pressing needs. That's my thing. Like, Agreed. we got to f- address the cornerback situation. We need to find a kicker that can actually make a kick and not make me choke every time or like, cr- or like croak or whatever, or like be on cardiac every time that we need a big kick. In a crucial game, I'm going to be on pins and needles. Seems that dude could even make it. In fact, not even just a kick to a field goal. These guys can't even hit extra points half the time. That's how bad this is looking. I'm just like, man, we're going to be in kicking hell, for lack of a better term. All because we didn't bring back Jason Myers. I understand he made a lot of money with the Seahawks. Five years, four years, $20 million. Five mils a lot for a kicker. I'm not going to lie, but 
unfortunately, Myers is going to be missed tremendously. I don't know how we're going to replace him. I'm not sure if I said this already, but the Jets need to get Matt Bryant's number. And they need to call him immediately. And they need to get him in here and just hand him the job. Literally, no questions asked. That's my solution to the Jets kicking problems. That would really help. Uh, <laughs> the catastrophe I've seen at the kicking game for the Jets all is... All practice, all camp. They're just missing everything. Just, um, <laughs> yeah, it's really... Uh, it's bad. It, it, Canton Sarah <laughs> was so bad he had to retire, for God's yeah, sake. I really, I like started to get flashbacks of Doug Bryant with this situation. Oh. <laughs> and I'm also starting to get nervous about Cody Parkey's situation playing itself out in the season. Oh God! That's a, yeah. So that's where I am right now with our kicking situation, and I would really like it if I wasn't there, but I am. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the the Jets need to address the kicking situation. That's a problem. It's a you huge know. problem, like you under the radar problem. I think. Yeah, it really uh, needs to be addressed. The corner needs to back position needs to be addressed maybe give a call to the vikings for trey waynes or something like that yes um norman could be cut aj boy i saw could potentially be cut these are some options maybe darius slays a reach i don't think that's realistic really people are saying that but i think that's not gonna happen i had something else i was gonna spin and i thought it was somewhat important but we were talking about corners for the jets what we should do oh here we go jadavian Clowney. was also been talked about as being a potential match for the Jets. I know you would hate this move. I would love to see it happen. The only thing is that I'm not sure how they, how much they would be willing to give up for him. I'm actually going to ask you that question because I know you want him too, obviously. Almost any team would take him, I think. But the question is, what do you think his price is worth, especially since you're going to have to pay him a massive deal? Do you think... I would. Would you use the Khalil Mack? He also outline. Oh no, I think we both agree Clowney's not as good as Mack. Do you? What do you think's fair compensation for Clowney for either the Jets, Patriots, or I guess whoever will be interested in acquiring him? Well, that's a great question. By the way, I like that. Um, here's what I think: Davian Clowney does not even compare to to Khalil Mack. Absolutely not. No. Uh, if you're giving up what the uh, Bears gave up. You're you're out of your mind for this guy. Uh, Jadavian Clowney, first-round pick. He was tremendous in college at South Carolina. Um, Here's what I'm going to say about it. The the guy played has a lot of injury issues. That's one thing. He does get to the quarterback. He does. And the one thing, too, he's a freak athlete as well. But what's his price worth? I'm sorry. You're not getting, in my opinion, if you give up a first-round pick for Jadavian Clowney, I think you're out of your mind. Uh, I'm going to say this. I think he's worth at least a high second, a second-round pick, maybe two, a second or a third. I think that's fair. Uh, and maybe a, maybe a second, third, and maybe a player, maybe. So, like, if you I'll, I'll, here's a scenario for you guys. The Jets want him. So, you guys, you, you could definitely upgrade the, the defensive line. That would be scary for you guys, too. Mm-hmm. We need, like, one more edge guy. It's another thing we haven't talked about much. Although, you said you like our situation. I, I like it, too. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be like. Like, a lot of people think it's a huge weakness. But, um, yeah, I would take him, obviously. So, Jadavian Clowney and 
going to the Jets yeah, would have look? to look like maybe you give up a second-round pick. So here's what I'm going to do real fast. I got my internet up right now, and I'm going to pull up the Jets picks from this this year, what they have. So here's what they could do. So 20. Yeah, while you're doing that, yeah, I could. I'm kind of. I kind of agree with some of the stuff you're saying. I would give up a first rounder, maybe if it was like a late first. I feel like you guys makes a first makes more sense because it's normally traditionally in the back of the draft. For us, the first could be more in the middle, maybe even upper, because we haven't been that good in a while. But at first, is a steep asking price, I think, a little for Clowney because the injury history and you have to pay him a lot of money. Is that what has you concerns with giving up a first for him? Yeah. And another thing is you, uh, you guys will have the cap space because look at what you guys did this year. You guys spent a lot of money on great players, and you're paying $85 million to a linebacker, to C.J. Mosley. God, because of what happened to A.J. Yep. Williams. So then you're going to really have to break the bank this year for another defensive player on the defensive line like that. I don't see that happening. Um, so if you guys were going to get to Davian Clowney for the year – I would say you're going to have to give – you guys only have – you guys don't have that many draft picks, only seven. But um, <clears throat> I would give up your second-round pick. And, may, you know what, I'm going to say se- a second and a fourth. And, you know what, I'm going to say a 2021 fifth. That's I know, an interesting Here's thing. the thing. I know It seems like a lot, and here's the thing. You're getting Jadavian Clowney, and I want the t- Texans to give you a, a sixth. I think that's fair. I think that would be fair. You get a draft pick back. You're giving up three. You're getting a great player, and you're getting a draft pick back for it. So I know it's a lot of teams wouldn't want to do this, especially for one year. They would want them to sign them to an extension. Maybe they will. Who knows? But that's what I feel for the Jets. Now, on the other hand, the Patriots, if we trade for him, obviously we have our cap space isn't as high as you guys until the end of the year when we have a lot of cap space. So the Patriots are very rich when it comes to draft picks especially in 2020 coming up. So, the Patriots have... So, here's what um, <clears throat> Patriots have. The Patriots are next year have... Oh, a million picks like have, always. Right now have nine picks. They have nine picks. They have a first, they have a second, a third, a f- two-fourths, a sixth, and three-sevenths. But you know a lot of stuff. And here's this. That's not counting the four compensatory picks they're going to have. That's four. So they're going to have like 11 picks again. So in, in the Patriots' perspective, here's what the Patriots are going to have to do with, with uh, Bill O'Brien. I think they're going to ask for a lot more from us than from you guys, mm-hmm. especially to send them. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going sh- to do something crazy, and you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to Jadavian Clowney to the Patriots in exchange for Nick Casario, our GM, who they really wanted. Oh, that's interesting. And we're going to give them a second <laughs> here, a third in 2021, and in 2022 we're going to give them a second too. Two seconds, a third, and you're getting our GM because wow. you're going to most likely get our GM next year. Let's give it to you this way. <laughs> and I'm going to ask for a fifth back in return from the uh, Texans. So we're getting a... Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that I I I know it's <laughs> over the top. Re- that's really something. It's over the top. <laughs> I wasn't and you, expecting that. And I bet you're gonna probably in your head you're probably thinking, what am I talking about, right? Am I? <laughs> but it, it makes a lot of sense. A lot of if 
I know you haven't been following like New England as much as I do, of course. So um, that's the Texans really want him. They don't have a GM right now, obviously. It's Bill <laughs> O'Brien, so they want Nick Casario to run the team, especially since you've seen what he's done. It well on the Patriots, he's not our GM. He's like co-GM. Bill Belichick's the GM, but yeah, that's besides the point. So. Uh, the, uh, that's my over-the-top pick, but basically for any other team, it's going to have to be, in my opinion, is a lot of uh, numerous picks. Not a first-rounder, but numerous picks for Damian Clowney, just not as much as Khalil Mack. So what do you think? I'm blown away by what you just said, honestly. So you said you would trade three draft picks at your GM to get this guy? Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I just think, um, but you kept out the first rounder, so I guess I understand it from that aspect. I'm surprised you wouldn't ask for a fourth back after giving them all that at least. I, a fi- <laughs> I thought a fifth would be nice, I so they would fourth, be like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I think it. a fourth would be fair, just based on all that stuff, but has the GM ever gotten traded before? Yeah, head coaches have gotten <laughs> no, traded I know before. head coaches have gotten traded. Yeah, there's been GMs that have been traded before. Anybody could be traded. What the, do you have an example when your GMs that got traded? I'm trying to think. Did Brian Billick get traded once? Brian Billick was a head coach. <laughs> no, I know, but wasn't he like GMing a little bit too? Billick. <laughs> traded, let's see. Oh, it says head coach. NFL coaches that were traded. Bill Belichick <laughs> was, John Gruden was, Herm Edwards. Really? Yeah, we traded Herm Edwards. For the what? Chiefs. That's oh. like a fifth rounder, maybe. Oh, like NFL GM. Uh, no, I, it's, I don't know. It's okay. I was just fucking around. I mean, it's all right. Excuse my language, I guess. But, yeah. So... We could talk about some other stuff. Yeah, so... That's just, that was just, like, banter. But, so, let's go through some storylines. We got fantasy football coming up. What's this Antonio Brown mess? Like, do we... I, I don't even want to talk about this, honestly. It's just such ridiculous what this guy's done. I'm just thinking my lucky star suggesting and pick up this guy. Yeah. He's a pain in the ass. He's he's a clown. That's what he is. The guy's a... <laughs> The guy's an absolute sideshow. He makes a big deal over a goddamn helmet, for God's sake. It's um, flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted that you're making a bit. You signed that big ass deal, and you're making a big deal over a helmet. Come on. Is he really gonna not play over a helmet that like leave all that money on the table? Like really? Like I just he's just being the clown, like you said. He comes to the camp in the hot air balloon. We see him on hard knocks. He's coming back now, and they say. And of course, in the later in the week he goes again. Now he's back today. Apparently, again he's practiced the last two days, but that but it's not fully done because he filed a grievance in the NFL for not letting him know or something. But yeah. like all the other, he like he's like different from the other players somehow, which just right. doesn't make any sense. And then he didn't um, when the team put their helmets on. Apparently, he went to the weight room or something. I mean, I don't know what's going on with this. This is a mess, and I'm just happy I don't have to deal with this. Yeah, it's um, it's a crazy situation with him. He's he's. It's starting to really remind me of Terrell Owens. That's what some Colin Coward said the same thing. Actually, Colin Colin has a lot of great takes. Some of them are, sometimes he gets a little out there, but like obviously he's a big Sam guy, so I like that. But he's he's very insightful. And he I didn't watch the video, but he said the same thing you said basically. How he's exactly he's like To ten years later. Yeah, he's T.O. 10 years later. He's a he's a clown. He's a sideshow. He's so talented, 
and why and you have to act like this it's beside me and rich eisen today made a good point he said to antonio brown go find the guy who got no offers to go to college from my the kid who's in miami worked his ass off and didn't get any offers for college d1 big offers to college and go find the six rounder don't find this guy who you are now you're a clown you need to when you got into this league you worked your ass off and you became one of the best in this this game has ever seen and now you just you you all you do is run your mouth start trouble this is how Terrell Owens used to be don't strive to be Terrell Owens please <laughs> yeah, no one he was yes he was a great player i don't think in my opinion he's nothing compared to Randy Moss so he was a great player he put up a lot of great numbers he could do a lot of great things but listen don't emulate him you're better than that you are. You have the chance to be one of the best ever. You go where he is, the Hall of Fame. Don't act like this. Don't embarrass yourself. You're on the new team. You want to get away from the Steelers. You got that. You got your wish. You got a new contract, and now you're making an ass out of yourself. <laughs> Going around about the helmet thing. You're, you're, the thing with the bullshit. Excuse my language. The bullshit with your feet is I just ridiculous. I ruined it, too. It's okay. It's, 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 <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fed up with it. Uh, Especially with fantasy coming up. Listen. I was just about to ask that. Great transition. Yeah, so what were you going to ask? So what do you do with Bradley Fantasy? You were just about to say. What yeah, do what, what do you do? Well, now now we're all going to sit, everyone here, especially since you and I have a draft coming up this Thursday. We're sitting around and we're about to pick at some point and we're scratching our heads. Do we pick? Do we pick this guy? Because a few years ago, even two years ago, picking you. Even first overall was that I I picked you first overall one league, bro. That happened, yeah, I saw that too. Like that so, really did happen. So listen to me, this is ridiculous. Stop it. You know, you know what my my main man, Mike Dicker used to have on Sunday night Sunday Just stop NFL. It. Yes, Just stop he used it. to have a he used to have a segment <laughs> called Stop It. So he, so all I'm gonna say is. Stop it. I don't know why they got rid of that. No, I don't know either. I, I love that. bite for the show. We need to record that and, like, use it. Uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> we, we need get... to actually put that in there. Yes, we got to get that, and we got to put the stop it. <laughs> no, like, I really, like, seriously, we got to make this happen. But, like, honestly, it was it was crazy. Like, that was one of my, that was, like, my favorite segment. I exactly. Used to look when up, they... I used to look forward to that every day. Like, just stop it. <laughs> you, I loved it when you were in Dicka's doghouse, and you'd just be like, you're not doing well. Stop it. He would be saying <laughs> the same thing right now would I'd be if he was able to. But, um, you know, it's just it's, it's, it's a shame. Like you said, the hunger is not there anymore. He was a grinder before he got all the stuff got to his head, I guess. You know, the wide receivers are divas. Unlike my boy, Julio Jones, who just puts his head down and plays, which is why he's still the best receiver in the game, which I've tried to explain to people, but some of them don't listen. And I've always said he was better than I'd be. And I still think that, obviously. More people might think that now, maybe. But, you know, A.B.'s a dog on the field. He's really good. And my, I'm, I'm waiting on A.B. I'm not going to jump for him. I'm going to have – if he's, like, there a little later than he's supposed to be, I guess I'll take a stab at him. But I'm not itching to get him in round two, maybe round three or four. I'm not taking him in the second round, though, with all this stuff going on. He's really going to have to um, clean himself up for people to pick him high. It's too uh, soon for us. We don't know enough yet. Yeah, especially how you and I draft and everything we know. It's just crazy how <laughs> this has gone about and his fantasy value has really gone down because of all his tomfoolery. <laughs> but 
all I'll say is, you, I agree with you, Jules. The guy is a dog on the field. He lo- he's, I, I love his passion, but I hate his... his he, here's one thing I don't like with players and all, all in all with people. I don't like selfishness, and he's extremely... And you can agree with me, Jules. He's self-centered. It's mm-hmm. all about A.B. When it's not the A.B. Yep. When he's not all about, when it's not about A.B., he, he gets angry. He gets Juju very upset. Yep. Juju took over in Pittsburgh, and he did not like it. What did he do? Cried like a baby back bitch and, cr- and wanted out. <laughs> and he didn't play Week 17 all that yep. stuff. So, you know, and they needed to win that game to go to the playoffs. I think they were playing an easy team, so it didn't get looked at like that because they were playing the Bengals, which is like an automatic win. So right. it wasn't really making a big deal of because they won the game, but and they didn't make the playoffs anyway, so most people like, forget about that. But, no, nah, it's not. It's not cool. No. And no, I'm it's not. not about that. And also, um, stop it. Le'Veon Bell doesn't act like this, but because people like to compare the two, but they are different. I'm glad you said that because after all this started, listen, I'm gonna. I've always been a Le'Veon Bell guy. I think he's <laughs> yeah. one of the best fo- football players ever. He's extremely entertaining to watch. He's it, the things he does on the football field are amazing to mm-hmm. me. And the fact of the matter is the guy is an all-around. He's a really nice guy. Julian Julian got to ask him a few questions. He was funny as hell. Signed two autographs. We got a picture with him. Both of us, we tried to get the both of us in it, but we were a bit rushed, and it wasn't really. (laughs) We got one one. (laughs) Yeah, but he was really, really nice. When we asked him, he he was like, yeah, let's get it. So I have a picture with him. He has a picture with him. Uh, G&T's got a picture. So, yeah, you know, I'm going to say this. With that situation, I'm not going to really dig into it. Everyone wanted to blame Le'Veon. Oh, he's selfish. He's not. Yeah, he's yeah. holding out. Listen to me. Yeah, we After a that. year of watching what went through in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon, you look like you came out of this smelling like a rose. <laughs> you made the right choice, man. You rested <laughs> yourself. You got better. You got what you wanted. And now you shut your mouth. You didn't. What did he do? He did not say one negative thing about the Steelers. He thanked them. And what does he say? Positive vibe. That's all he says. <laughs> and he also, like, is not a bad teammate. That's no, he's saying. not. He's a horrible teammate. One of the worst. I, and the league right now, and also another thing. Remember when free agency started and we heard the rumors? It was always rumored that Le'Veon was going to the Jets. I just didn't want to believe it. And then they tried to say that they would the, play together in Oakland. Yeah, and now you know why. I think he wanted <laughs> yeah. no part of it. I think he was cool with Brown. They were friends and stuff, but I, yeah, he wasn't. In my in my him. opinion, if the Raiders never got Brown, I think he would have strongly considered other opportunities. I I, I think all in all, he was always going to go the Jets. Always, of course, unfortunately. I know the Bay made a strong push for him. Yeah, they did at the last minute too. And the Oakland, like, if they didn't get A.B., maybe could have maybe pushed more. Maybe he would have went there, but I don't think so either. Who knows, though? That's revisionist history at this point. Exactly. But um, he's here. We're happy to have him, obviously. Fans love him. That's another great thing about this green and white scrimmage. Fans are going crazy for him. He's getting everyone pumped up. Yep. Again, Green Nation's embrace Bell. I see all the black bells out there. I have one on the way. It's coming late. Unfortunately, I'm not happy about it, but I'll, I'll, I'll fight through it. So, um... Fantasy football, more storylines about people to draft and not draft. What are we doing with the two gorillas in the room that have stayed in the room all of training camp, and now we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer, and there's no resolution still. Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, what are we doing with them? Um, you got to really uh, think about 
what's going on with the situation with Zeke, where the Jerry Jones, who I think is one of the biggest ignoramuses this country has ever seen. Fire. I think he just put gasoline on the fire. Yeah, honestly, I so think that's what he just said. You, he's good in job, Mexico. Jerry. Yep, good job, Jerry. All you, you, <laughs> America's team. Yeah, you've run that. You, you're, you're, you're nothing but a clown either. So <laughs> yeah, we know that. So what's the th- that comment you made, Ziku? You're such a you. You are an idiot. You really are. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Tony Pollard has a nice preseason, and yeah. Pollard might be a good back. I'm not gonna talk down on Pollard, but he's not Elliot, obviously. No, not at all. And he's not even James Conner. Oh no, no, not at all. So yeah, that's what that's that. So, with Zeke and, Mel- and my boy MG3, Melvin Gordon, um, y- you really got to really think long and hard about this. It's uh, tough, man. Because of this holdout. Just pay the men, please. Just pay them. They've deserved it, please. Especially my boy Melvin Gordon. Pay the man. He's waiting for your call. He even said it. He said, I'm waiting by my phone every day for them to call me so we can work it out so I get back on the field. Like, and if... And, in terms of fantasy, I think everybody here really is going to have to think about this. If he's up there, you I, I don't want you to do what happened to us. I took Le'Veon Bell first overall in the league last year, and obviously we all know how that happened. So yeah, you really got to think about this. So they might fall, and it's it's a situation where I hate this holdout. You just got to pay them. And, you know, these are two great players, especially in PPR. The guys are PPR dreams, these two players. They don't only uh, get a lot of points running the ball. They catch the ball very, very well. So in that, in my opinion, you really just got to keep hoping that they get these extensions. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm, like, on the fence, too. I'm picking eighth in two days. If Elliott's there, I want to pull the trigger, but... At the same time, I don't know if I'm going to be able to. I just really don't know on it. It's just like it's been splitting at me the past like few days. Now that I realize we're getting closer and closer that this reality could become possible for me. And I'm going to have to make a decision. And it's going to dictate the balance of my whole season. Yeah, if, it is. This is like swinging for the fences here. Exactly. If you get Zeke at the eighth pick... You're probably you have a great chance to win it all because that's a steal. But if you swing and miss, he doesn't play. You have to play patchwork the whole season and try to make that up somehow because you yeah. wasted your first round pick. Exactly. It's really a difficult situation, and I don't even know which way to advise people. But you have to lean on the side of caution after what happened with Bell last year because there is actually a chance he won't play. Yes. We have to realize it's possible now. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the Melvin Gordon situation to me is almost more concerning than Zeke's situation. I'm not sure. Well, now it's like close, but I really thought that Zeke was more likely to get solved because the Cowboys, I felt, need him more. You know, if I'm saying, I mean, the Chargers have Eckler and Justin Jackson, who we've talked about a ton and ton and ton. And they are capable running backs, they are. And not to say Tony Pollard's not. We haven't seen anything yet. Alfred Morris is a shell of himself. We know that, obviously. But the Cowboys line is really good. But the thing is that Dak Prescott, when Zeke's not in there, does not look good. Exactly. anyone that has eyes can see how he plays when Zeke isn't there. And it hasn't been very good. And the Cowboys record isn't great without Zeke either. The Chargers, I guess, could withstand the hit more, and they've made a decent offer to Melvin Gordon. We know for a fact that $10 million for three years is on the table for him around. Right. Which is not 
can and which is not completely unfair considering his injury history and some stuff that's happened since he's been in the league. Well, not trouble stuff, but he hasn't really played a full sixteen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying with that. And he's and running backs don't get paid that well really in the league in general. He would be top five, I think, in in salary if he accepted that deal, something like that. So the Melvin Gordon situation, does Melvin blink and say, I want to play football? Does he, or is he just trying to squeeze the Chargers for a few more dollars maybe? Is he really going to sit out the season? Is there any chance the Chargers trade him, which we previously talked about? Ezekiel Elliott is not going anywhere. He's under contract for two years. He's either playing or he's not playing. He's not going to another team anytime soon. Gordon has one year left on his deal, so his situation's a little more workable, Yeah, I think. So, unless the Cowboys really wanted this trade Zeke, but that would be pretty stunning to me. Although yeah. they did re-sign, they, they put an extension to not any of the three people you thought they were going to do. No Dak, no Cooper, no Zeke, but Jalen Smith gets an extension. I'm yeah. sure Zeke is really happy about that. There's more gasoline <laughs> on the fire, too. Jalen Smith gets a five-year, $64 million contract extension. Um, in my opinion, he's a great player. He overcame adversity ter- with the knee injury yeah. coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's really a very underrated player. Uh, in my opinion, I think that you really need to focus on the big three and the fact that Jerry. Jo- I feel like Jerry Jones is like toying with them. That's what he's doing. He's playing a game, and it's just going to make your team suck, bro, if you keep it up. I, yeah, here's the thing about that. I agree with you. Jay Jalen Smith's a good player, maybe great player. I'll say great player. The only thing is, I think his coverage skills aren't great, but it's a line. He's a linebacker, so not all linebackers can cover tremendously. But the timing of this it makes no sense. Agreed. This is the worst time you could have possibly done this. I don't understand this at all. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I don't like get it after <laughs> after the comments. If it if, if that were me and I made those comments to Zeke, I'd be calling Zeke and telling him let's work out the deal and I'll give you what you want. That would have been the first extension done. And I feel like that should have been the first extension done weeks ago. But that's besides me and you know Jerry Jones you know, he has to he he's the master dictator down there in Dallas in Jerry's world, so you know, he's the, the owner, the GM, the president, the the, the secretary, the the, <laughs> yeah. the the governor, everything down there. So he uh, he is he's a shot caller. Yes, shot caller. Yeah, he is the head honcho. He's Tony Soprano down there. So he uh, it's crazy what he's doing. I I don't know why. I I applaud Jalen Smith for his hard work and getting his paper. But you know, you're yeah. leaving a man out there named Zeke Elliott flying to Mexico to hang out while two weeks away from this season opener and he's not getting paid. Come on, man. Yeah. So, in a way, we'll say it at the same time, Jerry Jones. It's a clown. Oh, stop it. Stop it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I was going to say that um, Zeke's actually in great shape, though. He's actually in the luggage he's been since college. I saw that. 220, which I found surprising, but maybe he's trying to make a statement, I guess. So, we'll see what happens with that. And I also think that we might both agree about this, but the NFC East is the Eagles' division. Everyone else is just playing in it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> the Eagles, the Eagles, Eagles, Eagles are going to get it done. That's a preview. That's a little giveaway of our previews too, but it's definitely Eagles season, I think. Yep. I think there's going to be good. So I want to play a fun game quickly, then we'll talk about the whole Baker and Daniel Jones saga, mm-hmm. and then we'll probably get it going for this. Yeah. So, um... 
Three do's and don'ts for fantasy football drafts. Give me a couple things you do or don't do. Let's, so let's try to help the audience out here. Okay. Here's one thing you do. You got a top pick. You got the first overall pick. If you don't take Saquon Barkley, you're out of your mind. <laughs> okay. Saquon Barkley is without a doubt the best player in fantasy. The guy is a PPR dream. You saw what the guy can do. That is one thing. You have a top pick and you have a chance to get. Here's the thing. If you have a top three or four pick between one and four, you guys have to go after Saquon, Alvin Kamara, uh, Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion, and Le'Veon Bell. Those top four need to get taken in the top four because those guys are PPR dreams. They both are. You're getting wide receiver, running back ones and wide receiver ones, in my opinion. They could do it all. They're very versatile. That's why I like Another thing is, also in the the first receiver taken, better be New Hopkins, okay? The guy is does not drop passes. <laughs> yeah, we actually know. No. He had zero drops last year. So I disagree with this take, but you know why. Uh, yeah, I know why, because of <laughs> your boy, yeah. So, yeah, okay. first, so here's the thing. The first wide receiver taken, New Hopkins, second, go take Julio. How about that? <laughs> All right. So well, here's the one thing here's the point. one thing you don't do. You don't take a quarterback in the first round, please. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a big no-no. <laughs> We've seen that happen before. Someone we won't mention by name took Tom Brady in the first <laughs> round last year, and their season did not go too well. Yeah, I'm, you know how much I love the GOAT, but I'm not taking him in the first round. This Especially isn't, now, like, this isn't 2007. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, even if it was 07, like, okay, maybe. But, like, and he also took someone. Oh, okay, I have one. That's oh. very, very important. Check the injury reports. Yes. If you do not draft injured players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've seen that happen before, too. <laughs> We've seen people draft players that are out <laughs> for season, season. End injuries. Yeah, so put, check your injury reports. Also, check your depth charts for running backs, wide receivers. See what's going on with the battles. Also, try and try and try to avoid put two running back situations if you can. That's yes. one of my don'ts for the draft. Don't draft to platoons. Although, if you have to, if you find yourself in that situation, I guess try to get both guys at least. So if one of them gets injured, you have the upper hand. Also, if you draft one of the top tier backs, like maybe James Conner, you might want to handcuff him with Jalen Samuels or Agreed. something like that. If you draft Lev Bell, you might want to handcuff him with Ty Montgomery. If you do Kamara, maybe Latavius Murray, like you know, basic stuff like that. If you want to handcuff uh, Sony Michelle, go get James White. Yeah, well, those two could actually fly in their own a little bit, yeah. almost. Especially in PPR weeks for James White. Of course. I'm trying to think what else I would say. Okay, so don't reach for the quarterback, like Agreed. Bobby said. Like, Patty Mahomes is going to be very attractive. I say if Patty slips out of the th- third round somehow, I would pull the trigger on him. I just don't know if he's... He's obviously going to be an amazing quarterback, and that's not the question here, but... The gap between Patty and the other quarterbacks isn't as big as the gap between the top talent you can get in those rounds and what you have to end up settling for later. Yeah. Like, once you miss that elite running back tier, you're in a bad spot. I agree. My advice, one of the big things is to definitely take a running back early. Agreed. Like, yeah, you've got to take a running back early. That's an essential thing. So I'm looking at the guys that Bobby said, and those are great for David Johnson's right there for me too. I think the bounce back's real with David Johnson this year. Cliff Kingsbury's an offensive guru. Kyler, Kyler Murray's going to get some option plays going. You're going to see him catching the ball more. I don't know what they were doing with him last year, but I'm going to give him a look into it. 
I think they'll figure it out. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's in the conversation. I like Dallin Cook also in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Nick Chubb in that conversation. Also, James Connors by himself now fully. No, no even possibility of Bell coming back. So, who else are some top guys? Those are some, those are some of the tops running backs, I would say. Devonta Freeman I like for a bounce back as well. He was injured last year. Aaron Jones is very interesting. It just if he gets the full usage, I think he can be worth taking somewhat early. I agree. He's shown flashes before. Also, Damian Williams is now going to be the guy in Kansas City. I think those are like some of the elite running backs we want to take early. Yeah, uh, I will say as I I think taking James White and Sony Michelle in in some rounds is is vital too because I think they're both going to have very good seasons obviously you all know how uh, James White is in PPR and Sony Michelle I will just say this that he is looking really good in camp catching the football he did that a lot in college so that brings a smile to my face so if he's there and you need to take a running back just go ahead and scoop him up in my opinion and another thing you got to do you got to pay attention to drafting players on the bye weeks you gotta oh, make sure. That's a big one. Yeah. You gotta make I, sure that, that got me one yep. year. That was bad. You gotta make sure you draft players with different bye weeks. If you get one or two players with the same bye week, understandable. But you gotta really pay yeah. attention to this. Yeah, it's gonna be vital mm. for your team's success in the long run. Trust me. Yeah, you're right about that. Also, don't. Okay, here's the thing. Once you get outside the top three for tight ends, which is obviously anyone that plays should notice, Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey. But once you get past them, don't read too early for another tight end because yeah. the gap is really huge after that. The drop-off's tremendous. I also would say if those guys are available in round three, I would definitely pull the trigger on them. Yes, I agree. Those top three now since Gronk is gone, unfortunately – um Ooh. yeah if um <laughs> well, he last year was asked but in fantasy at least but, yeah <laughs> you know but all with those three tight ends after those three are taken yeah i agree do not reach but in the third round if if one of them gets taken I, and you have a chance to get the top three i would definitely pull the trigger i agree jules good take i, I would even potentially pull the trigger on travis kelsey late round two that's how much yeah. i like kelsey but those three are basically wide receivers, honestly. Agreed. Playing the tight end position. They're just in a different class. But also look through your breakouts. Try to get some value with sleepers. Obviously, I'll be biased. But Chris Hearns not going to be a nice backup option. He won't be playing the first four games. He'll be available very late in the draft. I like TJ Hawkinson as well to be a nice sleeper. I think Kyle Rudolph could be solid. There's a few. Also, wide receivers, I would say... You should draft them carefully. I mean, you could go wide receiver, wide receiver if you want. If you get, like, Julio and, like, Hopkins or like Julio and Odell, that's, like, cards to pass up, like, or Julio Thomas. But, like, you just have to realize the running backs are going to be tough after that point. So you're going to have to balance out the team. Yep, but I agree. It's going to be interesting. Don't read for a defensive kicker. That's obvious. Yeah. And good luck to everyone, unless if you're in the league. <laughs> agree, yeah, I agree well, with all I know that. We have some league listeners potentially, but yeah. don't take my advice too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just playing games. But speaking of playing games, we got to end on this. What is Baker Mayfield doing talking about Daniel Jones? 
yeah, I don't know why you're running your mouth, Baker. I, I, I like your game. I like your style. But you don't need to bash the kid. He had, he's never said anything negative about you. The Giants did nothing to you. You should be thank, You should be kissing the ground the Giants walk on. They just handed you yeah, a, one, of the best rece- yeah. one of the best receivers in football. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know why you're dissing Daniel Jones. Like, what does it matter to you anyway? Like, it has nothing to do with you. The Giants aren't even in your conference, let alone division. So why do you have to start in with him? He did nothing to you. I do like Daniel Jones' comments. He, he went the high road. He didn't bash him. He said he likes his game. It's the way you got to do it. You got to kill him with kindness, baby. So, uh, Baker, all I'm just going to say is with the with you talking smack and all that, you got to stop, stop it. it. <laughs> See, now I'm getting it. We got to get that sound back. Yep, we got We're definitely going to do that. But, um. Odell's got to shut his mouth, too. I'm sick of hearing about the Giants with Odell. Like, it's enough, dude. Like, yeah, we're, like, somewhat happy you're not there anymore because we're not Giant fans. But still, like, we don't want to hear. We don't need. We don't care anymore. We just don't. I, I, def- I know you don't, and I sure as hell I, don't. I really don't want to. I don't want to be talking about this. I don't want to be talking about Brown's helmet. I don't want to be talking about Baker's comments. I don't want to be talking about Zeke's holds out. Or, I don't want to, I want to talk football. I hate like this nonsense that goes on off the field. Agreed. I just want the, the politics to just stop and just to get to the sport of football because it's two weeks away, and I'm really, really excited about it. Yeah. And then there was one more thing. I'll, I'll give Daniel Jones props, honestly. I have to, I'm going to say, I'm not one of these people that are all in the preseason, but I'll give the kid his credit. He's looked a lot better than I thought he was, honestly. Just a pick of reach, I don't know, honestly. I mean, it looked like it was at the time, but maybe it wasn't. I uh, guess we'll have to see. I agree. He has looked very well in the past two games. You know, he's their heir apparent to Eli. They drafted him sixth overall for a reason with that to take over at some point. So he really has turned heads. A lot of people were critical about him, but he's really looked very, very well so far. Yeah, I think that he should get in there early. If I was a, if I, but the Giants seem to be going the opposite way with this, but. It doesn't make any sense to me why you wouldn't want to see the most of him. It seems like they want to, like, bottle him up this year, but I don't think that's a smart idea, really. Unless, like, you know how everyone's saying, like, if they compete with Eli, if they stand with Eli, like, he'll, he won't play right away. You know, I understand that from the aspect of that. The fans want to win. No one wants the rebuilding season, even though it looks like that's what they're doing. But, honestly, you just got to... You gotta let the kid go. Yeah, I, I think, agree. Personally, you but. draft him six overall. You gotta let him play early. If you don't draft a quarterback that high with intention, just sitting him. In my I mean, opinion. we've seen it happen before, but I think in this new NFL, the quarterback's gonna be playing early. I would be stunned if he doesn't play it all this year. But realistic prediction, I think it might take a little bit. Like I think like week eight to like eleven might be the landing spot for him. Agreed. Unless if it's like an absolute train wreck and they start like zero and four, like one and five, like two and seven or something. Well, two and seven would be in my time frame. But unless if it's just like an absolute train wreck and Eli's like completely lost. This control of the situation, I think you're going to have to wait till week eight or later for Daniel Jones, probably. Yeah, I could see that happening. I definitely agree with you on that. So I think that's all we got for today. We we covered a lot of football. Got we, back to it. We covered, yeah, we had to do some, we were playing catch up, but 
We'll see you guys soon. For GNC Sports Talk, I'm Julian Gallardi. And I'm Bobby Thompson. Follow, like, subscribe, Five, sponsor, yeah, sponsor, all that stuff. GNC Sports Talk too. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just GNC Sports Talk. All right, enough of me. <laughs>